a Podcast One production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 23rd of December. It is D-Day for millions of residents right across the Greater Sydney region, with New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian set to announce later this morning what COVID restrictions will be in force for Christmas Day and New Year's. Eight new coronavirus cases were recorded across New South Wales yesterday, with seven linked to the Northern Beaches cluster. A number of new health alerts have now been issued for venues across Sydney, with community transmission outside the hotspot now a concern. The New South Wales Premier will be locked in crisis talks this morning before announcing if she will lift restrictions. The trend is going where we want it to go, where we need it to go. Yes, it's volatile, but uh, we're confident that the strategy we've put in place is having the desired effect. Victoria has also recorded one new coronavirus case from a returned traveller who is believed to have contracted the virus from the Northern Beaches area before heading back home to Melbourne. Authorities saying this latest case proves the border closures are necessary. Here is the Victorian Deputy Police Commissioner. I am truly sorry that um, this is in place and we need to do this, but it is such an important issue that we prevent uh, the spread of the virus into into the community here. Meantime, one of the new infections in New South Wales is now under investigation after a health worker who was transporting international travellers tested positive to COVID. In another breach of health and safety at hotel quarantine, it's prompted renewed calls from some experts for a complete overhaul of the program across Australia. Epidemiologist and infectious diseases expert Professor Mary Louise McClaws has told Your Morning Agenda the current system is not working. These quarantine hotels are hotels. They are not built as a award for COVID. Um, and their air conditioning unit isn't powerful enough. Uh, people can't go out for exercise without having to have exposure to some exposure to staff. Um, and of course, while you're there, you don't get tested until day two, uh, and then you don't get tested till day eleven. So you can become. Uh, positive between day two and day 11 and then have to start another 10 days of um, quarantine. So there needs to be an overhaul and using more science. Overseas now and it's shaping up to be the deadliest year in US history with one American dying every 33 seconds from COVID. Preliminary numbers show deaths in America are expected to top 3.2 million for the first time in 2020. That number is about 400,000 more than in 2019, with most of those deaths from coronavirus. It comes as Congress approves a trillion-dollar emergency relief package, which is aimed at providing struggling Americans with much-needed financial support. Meantime, Joe Biden has received his first dose of the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine on live TV. The US president-elect saying he wants to show the American people the vaccine is safe. I also think that uh, it's worth saying that uh, this is, is great hope. I'm doing this to demonstrate that people should be prepared when it's available to take the vaccine. Mr Biden also took the opportunity to thank all the hardworking scientists and frontline workers. 
In other news this morning, Donald Trump has awarded Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison with a prestigious US military honour. Mr Morrison was given the Legion of Merit for his leadership in addressing global challenges and promoting collective security. And in a landmark decision, online trolls and bullies have been put on notice and will now face tough new penalties. The new cyber laws are set to be introduced into Parliament in the new year, with individuals facing fines of more than $100,000 if they post serious or harmful content, including revenge porn or death threats. Companies who don't take the content down could also face fines of more than $500,000. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Wednesday morning. To WA first, and the Claremont serial killer is set to be sentenced this morning. Bradley Robert Edwards is facing the possibility of life behind bars without parole. Our Perth reporter Claire Baskus joins us now. And Claire, he was found guilty of two counts of murder, but acquitted of a third. That's right, Tash. The judge-alone criminal trial of the former Telstra technician ended in September, rated as one of the most expensive in WA history. Bradley Robert Edwards was convicted of killing Kira Glennon and Jane Rimmer, but not guilty of murdering Sarah Spears, whose body has never been found. The women vanished on separate occasions from the streets of Claremont in 1996 and 1997. It's haunted Perth for decades. The 51-year-old is facing the potential of spending the rest of his life behind bars without the possibility of ever being released. To Queensland now and charges have been laid over a bushfire that burnt through more than half of Fraser Island. It's alleged four men in their 20s lit an unauthorised campfire in mid-October which spread to nearby vegetation and took around two months to bring under control. The bushfire tore through around 87,000 hectares of the World Heritage Site. Of the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, Editor-at-Large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. Now, there's only seven business days left to access superannuation under those COVID-19 early release rules. Yeah, that, that's right, Tash. And now some families may have survived this entire year without dipping into their super funds. Others may now be worried about the new wave of COVID restrictions and border closes, thinking, you know, are things going to get worse? Should I get this money out as a buffer? Look, the important thing is is to understand the impact of accessing your super early. And you really do need to ask yourself, you know, what are you going to do with this money? Does it make financial sense? And maybe do you need expert independent advice? Because there are risks, obviously, with with withdrawing your money from your super. And the obvious one is that it's going to be less for you in your retirement. And there's a great little calculator on Money Smart's uh, website whereby you can punch in your, your age and just see what impact it would have of taking this money out. So a 30-year-old who, say, takes out 10000 in the next seven days will have an estimated 21000 odd less in retirement. And interesting to note that the figures that came out from APRA on Monday show that 3.4 million Aussies so far have withdrawn a total of 35.8 billion from their retirement savings. It's a huge amount. We really did use this as a stimulus and it showed how many of us were living from pay to pay because we just didn't have a cash cushion to get this out. The average payment was about 7645 
Now, some research also that just came out the other day was the University of Melbourne said that there's no evidence that the government's superannuation early release scheme has put a drag on investment returns. So if I'm going to give some good news to people, at least we're probably going to see some positive uh, returns. Uh, that's thanks to the share market. Um, some research that came out, super ratings, shows that the medium balance fund, and that's what probably most of us are in, is expected to deliver a 2.3% return um, since uh, 20. 20. So that's some good news. My tip is, if you are thinking about taking some money out in the next seven days, uh, if you're going to check your balance, I know some people do it through the MyGov service, that's probably only going to be as current as the 30th of June. Do contact your super fund and check your balance. And most importantly, like I said, have a good think and ask yourself, what am I going to do with this money? Is it being put to good use? Because there is an impact. Effie, in regard to the new retail data, businesses have been doing pretty well. There's concern over retail um, spending with the Sydney lockdown in some parts of the city. But there's some interesting research on the amount of Australians consuming champagne over this year. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Uh, I I do like this bit of research. It makes me feel happy for some reason. Um, You're right. We we did have some good news first up on the retail front. And this was good despite the fact that the tapering of JobKeeper back on uh, September 28. And remember, it is due to fall again from January 4th. But that doesn't look like it stopped us from spending. And that's um, according to the latest data to come out yesterday from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So we had a massive trade. That's thanks to Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Day. But as you said, some you know, if you're looking for confidence, I say throw the other figures out and let's judge it by the amount of alcohol we're drinking. That could be giving us a lot of confidence. Um, of course, we should be drinking responsibly. I Indeed. might have to throw that in. <laughs> but um, it was reported in the uh, Financial Review this morning, it's in their papers, that um, there's been a boom in high-end champagne sales over the past few weeks. And, and like I said, that could be a symbol of uh, confidence coming back into Australia. Um, people spending on small luxury items feeling that they want to splurge a little bit, this is the way to do it. It also notes that uh, Dan Murphy's, which is owned by Woolworths, says it was experiencing strong demand in champagne, Aussie sparkling wine and the good old Prosecco. Um, My tip will probably uh, be jump in early (laughs) rather than later because we might find a bit of a shortage with champagne for Christmas. Maybe indicating nobody knows what's around the corner and we need to celebrate every day. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds good to me. Like, is it too early now? Probably yes, it is. is. A little bit too early. <laughs> it's almost Friday. Effie, thanks so much. Thank you. Now let's check sport with Brett Thomas and Brett Cricket Australia could make a decision regarding the Sydney Test today. Yes, good morning, Tash, and that's probably not a good sign. The Sydney Test, of course. Uh, due to be played in the New Year straight after the Boxing Day test, which is on standby to host back-to-back test matches, of course, with the COVID situation in New South Wales. Now, Queensland won't consider reopening its borders until uh, January 8, so that would take an enormous leap of faith to go from Melbourne to Sydney, play the Sydney test, and then just hope that the situation, the COVID situation, is under control uh, by January 8, and Queensland decides to reopen its borders So they probably won't take a risk with that, I would think. Uh, The MCG has already looked at the possibility of hosting back-to-back test matches, which would mean a new pitch, um, of course, because they they would have just played on the pitch for at least, uh, you know, three, four, five days for Boxing Day. So it appears that probably at this stage, the Boxing Day test 
um, will then be followed by a second test match at the MCG. Now, of course, we associate the Sydney test as the pink test, the McGrath Foundation. That will still uh, go ahead, but just at a, a different venue uh, early next year. So much is up in the air at the moment, Brett, and some controversy in the BBL last night. Yeah, now one of the quirks of the Big Bash, of course, so many different innovations and lights and things uh, going off is that they don't actually have the DRS, the decision review system. That's deliberate. They believe it slows the game down too much and T20 is designed for TV and for fans, especially uh, kids, to enjoy so uh, they don't get bored. But the DRS is, is, uh, has been brought in, um, in other forms of cricket for absolute howlers. And last night we saw a howler. Uh, it was Andrew Ty bowling for the Perth Scorchers to Usman Khawaja. Clearly nicked the ball behind. He was on 18 at the time. Sydney Thunder uh, chasing around uh, 155 to win. Uh, Nick behind the umpire, Simon Lightbody, said that he thought the bat touched the ground. It was nowhere near the ground. It was about uh, a foot off. In the end, it didn't really impact the results, although so often in cricket we see one wicket uh, trigger more wickets. Uh, but in the end, Sydney Thunder getting there with three balls to spare. They got the victory over the Perth Scorchers. But yes, yeah, some controversy, as you said. And the A-League's been forced into a last-minute reshuffle of its fixture. Yeah, like uh, a little bit like what Cricket Australia are probably going to have to do with the Test Series. The A-League, due to get underway uh, this weekend, and we're going to have a, a doubleheader, an A-League and a W-League doubleheader for the first time, played at the same ground, Cogra's uh, Jubilee Oval, Sydney FC playing uh, Melbourne City. That won't be happening now because of the COVID situation. Thankfully, though, for the A-League, they, they have half a dozen teams based in New South Wales at the moment. So all the games that they've, uh, they've changed around some 25 to start the season will just involve all the teams in New South Wales playing each other. So we've got Sydney FC, uh, Western Sydney, the new team, MacArthur, the Newcastle Central Coast, and the Wellington Phoenix are based there as well, a little bit like the Warriors in the NRL. Uh, they're there until um, the border situation changes and they can travel freely and play home and away games in New Zealand. But, yeah, around 25 games have been changed. Uh, another few sort of up in the air that, uh, yeah, all due to this uh, COVID situation uh, in Sydney, New South Wales. Continues to unfold. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash. Checking the weather details around the country now this Wednesday morning. Brisbane, mostly sunny conditions today with the high of 32 on the way. Mostly sunny also for Sydney, top of 25 degrees. Possible early shower for Melbourne, 19. Partly cloudy and 25 for Canberra. A shower or two expected today for Hobart, top of 21. 24 and clouds clearing from Adelaide. Very hot today. Gosh, top of 39 on the way in sunny conditions for Perth and showers with a possible storm on the way for Darwin with a high of 31 degrees. And how does a 120-year-old chocolate sound? Well, a Cadbury chocolate bar that once belonged to iconic Australian poet Banjo Patterson has been found in extraordinarily good condition. Staff from the National Library of Australia made the discovery at the bottom of a box filled with Patterson's poetry, diaries and newspaper clippings. The chocolate bar was gifted to him by Queen Victoria and was found with minimal decay still wrapped in the original silver foil. What a find. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.